from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louis B. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Friday, December the 3rd. TGIF, the Thai Cats holding their final practice at Tim Hortons Field ahead of Eastern Final Sunday when they travel to BMO to take on the Toronto Argonauts. Lots to get to on today's show, including the CFL and TSN's Glenn Suter. We're going to hear from Coach O. We'll hear from Don Jackson. We'll hear from Simone Lawrence as well. But let's get to the big news of the day, and that is McLeod Bethel-Thompson of the Toronto Argonauts went to a Raptor game. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Why is that news? Well, because the CFL has pretty strict protocols in place. And under those protocols, Tier 1, and just for full discrepancy, I'm a Tier 3 employee here, uh, but Tier 1 employees, Tier 1 personnel are not allowed to attend large sporting events. So the CFL and TSN's Dave Naylor reported earlier today that McLeod Bethel-Thompson was sent home because he attended the Raptor game. Now, uh, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, but... As we're taping this, or recording this, you don't tape, you record, as someone once told me here in podcast world. As we're recording this, the CFL has issued a decision on the status of McLeod Bethel-Thompson. And let me put on my best uh, newser voice for this. This is from the CFL. Following Toronto Argonauts quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson's presence at last night's Toronto Raptors game, the CFL consulted its medical committee, which has advised the league throughout the season on its COVID-19 protocols and its responses to violations to them. The league has now decided upon the following regarding Bethel-Thompson. And these are in bullet forms. His appearance constituted a clear violation of the league's protocols, which are much stricter than those facing the general public and which prohibit players from attending large sporting events. Bethel Thompson was sent home this morning from the Argos facility. He must quarantine at home for two days and two nights. He cannot attend practices or meetings in person today nor tomorrow. He can connect with the team electronically, attend virtual meetings, and train individually by himself and not at the team facility today and tomorrow. In addition to the PCR test completed today, he must undergo a PCR test tomorrow, Saturday, December 4, and a rapid antigen test on the day following Sunday, December 5. If all tests are returned negative and proof of the negative tests is provided to the league office, he will then be able to join the team and play on Sunday, December 5. All right, there's a lot to get into on this one. And I'm going to be honest, I really don't want to touch it. There's a lot to get into in terms of the, the fairness and, you know, why, why doesn't he have to quarantine? Some guys got suspended this season for not following protocols. Um, but we're just going to leave it at that. That's what the league says. That's what it's going with. So it looks like McLeod Bethel-Thompson, as long as he doesn't test positive for COVID in the next four days, um, is good to go. By the way... The CFL has also been informed that four additional Argo players, Dexter McCoyle, Charleston Hughes, Levi Noel, and Jeff Richards, also attended the basketball game. They are now subject to the same quarantine and testing requirements as Bethel Thompson. So there you go. I'm not sure what to make out of all of that, but that is the uh, kind of the news of the day. And I will let you know that when uh, we spoke with 
Glenn Suter. Uh, we did not have this resolution, so you'll hear Glenn's, uh, Glenn's thoughts on the, the story uh, coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but it is a big game, and by the way, tomorrow, special bonus episode of Ticats Today right here on the Ticats Audio Network. Uh, and also, if you haven't heard, something really cool, a, a special presentation on the Ticats Audio Network this week as we go back to 2013. The 2013 East Final, to be exact, at Rogers Center. And we've gathered some of the, the players, some former Ticats who were on that team, including the Ticats Audio Network's very own Luke Tasker, Andy Fantuz, Courtney Steven, uh, Jamal Johnson, who we've heard on Tiger Cats postgame, Rico Murray uh, is there as well. And it's just a great collection of guys who were on that team, kind of reliving the magic and the memories from that game. In November 2013, as the Ticats booked their spot in the Grey Cup, thanks to a thrilling victory at Rogers Center. So wherever you found this, go check that out. A very special presentation on the Ticats Audio Network. Great discussion and a great, great bunch of old friends catching up, uh, telling some stories. Speaking of 2013, that was the last time the Ticats and Argos have faced in the East Final. Before that... You have to go back all the way to 1986. And when we caught up with Coach O after practice today, I asked him if, if that's being discussed, the historical significance of what this game represents, two arch rivals going head-to-head, if that's been brought up at all in the meetings this week. And here's what he had to say after practice. Well, I was unaware of that. Uh, I would say that, no, it hasn't been addressed. I think everybody is well aware of, the rivalry and just the excitement and everything that surrounds it. I think, you know, we're also aware that, you know, the further you go into playoffs, that there's more, there's more distractions, there's more media, there's more coverage, there's more people, more eyes on uh, things like that specifically. So I'm not going to sit here and say that the players or our staff or our organization is unaware. Uh, I'll just say that it's, not a point of emphasis, but I, but I do believe that everybody's aware that this, this is a rivalry. Well, I know that uh, it was at the Rogers Center, and I know that we didn't have a great first half, and I knew that we had an outstanding second half, and I knew that, you know, they were driving down the field, uh, and it took a third down stop. Uh, before we were able to get it done. And those are the vivid memories. And I just remember uh, just how many Hamilton fans were at the Rogers Center on that side. Uh, that Those were the vivid things. Of course, I was the D coordinator then, so it was, it was different. And uh, it was just an exciting time. That Those would be probably the bullet points of of my memory of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, these, you know, I, I, we did address it with the football team, to be honest with you, Steve, uh, and just... You know, the, the the protocols and things are in place for a reason and that we need to, you know, make sure we're adhering uh, to those things. But that's about as as far as as we went with it. You know, it's uh, it's been a different year for everybody in the CFL. Um, yeah, we've been dinged, but we weren't the only ones, you know, across the league. So other than that, um, we're just as usual. What happens, happens. Uh, regardless, they're going to kick the ball off. I know that the Toronto Argonauts, no matter who they line up with, are going to be trying to beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and it'll be no no difference uh, for us. Uh, it should be a you know a hard fought battle. It's going to be 
it's going to be a lot of fun. So Braylon didn't practice today. Yeah. And I would I would say that Braylon's leaning towards uh, not going this week, Steve. That is Orlando Steinauer, the head coach of the Ticats, as we caught up with him after practice, touching on a couple of things there, including uh, 2013, taking a trip down memory lane. And remember, there's a brand new special presentation podcast on the Ticats Audio Network, a little 2013 Ticats reunion, so go check that out. Also talking about kind of the COVID protocols, because, you know, as we mentioned, McLeod Bethel-Thompson uh, broke protocol, but is now quarantining at home for two days and two nights, which doesn't equal four days. But, uh, and as long as he tests negative the next couple of days, he will be allowed to play. Uh, CFL.ca has got all the latest on that. Speaking of 2013, that just happened to be the first year that Simone Lawrence first dressed for the Hamilton Tiger Cats alongside Jeremiah Masoli, the longest-serving member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and we caught up with him and asked him about his memories from that 2013 Eastern Final. Oh, that was one of the most electrifying games ever. Um, I remember just staying at the, down in Toronto and coming down to the field at BMO Field, and everybody was so gassed up because... You know, we got the opportunity to compete against arrivals to go to the championship game. And it was one of those feelings where you knew no matter what, you weren't going to lose that game. Um, I, lo- I just love the, the atmosphere. You know, I love the fact that all of our fans come down to BMO field and they're there to support us. And then I know I got a lot of friends that live in Toronto and do a lot of business in Toronto that come to the games in Toronto. And I just like to show them what the Hamilton Tiger Cats are all about. And it's just one of those fun games. It feels like, I don't want to say, it's like it's like playing in L. It's like the L.A. game, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fun. You know, so. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I watch all the highlights against Toronto. Uh, I started, I, I actually started in 2016 of how we opened up the uh, stadium in BMO Field. And then I go to <laughs> all the other games we had success. But, you know, I just like to put good thoughts in my head. Oh, yeah, I feel like we're all a a confident group. Um, There's a lot of all-stars. There's a lot of players on this team that understand that they're really great players. And, you know, I feel like going into every game that we're confident. And the, uh, the main thing is all about executing at a high level, especially now in the playoffs. That is Simone Lawrence as he spoke after practice today, talking about the Argos offense what this defense has got to do and some memories of playing at BMO Sim definitely loves playing in Toronto and hoping for another strong performance on Sunday hey by the way we are broadcasting throughout the week next week from Grey Cup Festival you're going to want to tune in because we have partnered with our friends at Swoop and we are giving away a pair of passes to anywhere Swoop flies a pair of round-trip passes anywhere Swoop flies. Go right now, swoop.swoopairlines. Go look it up and start planning your trip because next week on this show or on the various shows that we're doing throughout, I should say on the Ticats Audio Network, I will be giving away a pair of passes to anywhere Swoop flies in addition to other great prizes, including Grey Cup tickets. So you're going to want to keep it locked in right here to the Ticats Audio Network during Grey Cup Festival Week. All right, one more player to get to before we bring in the CFL and TSN's Glenn Suter. I want to hear from Don Jackson. 
just finishing his uh, first season with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Well, hopefully not finishing, hopefully continuing his first season as a member of the Tiger Cats. And I asked him, how has he embraced this Tiger Cats Argos rivalry? He's got a history of rivalries. He played in Calgary, and Calgary and Edmonton were always good rivals. But the Argos and Tiger Cats are something a little different. And I asked him, as someone who's new to it, and as somebody who's been through it now four times, how he has embraced the Argos Tie Cats rivalry this season. Yeah, no, this rivalry is real. This thing is real. It's too close for comfort. This is this is thirty minutes up the way. Um, just for the bragging rights, just for it all. So, um, like I said, rivalry games like this, um, it just brings the best out of everybody. Um, everybody's going to be amped up on our side, on their side. So, I'm just really excited to get out there. Oh man, it's a talented group. That's for sure. They got a lot of they got star power over there. Shane Ray, Oakman, um, from from the linebacker position, from the DBs, Shaq Richardson. They got everybody over there, man. So um, it's it's a challenge. Um, they do some they do some really good things on defense um, that propose challenges for us. So um, we've been just trying to hammer at that all week, uh, lock in on the game plan, and uh, just be us. That's the most important thing is being us. Yeah, for sure. And you want to play big in big games. Um, and this is what you play the game for, you know what I mean? For opportunities and moments like this. It, it literally gets no better on both sides. So um, I'm super excited. The team's excited. We're ready to go. Um, it's, um, I mean, some, sometimes it's going to be tough days sledding. Um, I think they, they had a good plan for us. Um, and there's always like, there's always like some runs. Like there's no game that I leave and I'm like, I don't want like, there's no game that I leave that I feel like every round I was in the right lane, I was in the right place, or my eyes was in the right place. So um, there was definitely some runs that I wanted back to put us in a better position. But it was all things that I can learn from. That was the best part about it. Um, as far as as a whole offense, it was it was great stuff to put on tape for us to kind of learn and, and take the next step forward with it. It's a small league, man. It's copycat league as well. So um, they know what we do. We know what they do. Um, we just gotta, we just gotta, it's, it's, we gotta come ready to play. We gotta come ready to play. That is Don Jackson as he spoke after practice today. All right. Want to get to my chat here with the CFL on TSN's Glenn Suter. And in the interest of full disclosure, we uh, recorded this interview a few minutes before the news came out about McLeod Bethel Thompson and that he, his eligibility for Sunday's game would go ahead if he tests negative. So I will let you know, this is how sometimes podcasts work. Uh, we tape the interviews and put them in their place. Uh, so uh, we started off our conversation today about McLeod Bethel Thompson, and I just wanted Suits' take on the situation. Uh, here's what he had to say. Yeah, well, it's, it's so early at this point, but I, it looks like and sounds like that the team was sort of asking McLeod Bethel Thompson to go to this Raptors game. It was a good sort of marketing promotional idea, and it is a good idea, but under the protocols and the rules that are in place and have been all year, you're not allowed to do that kind of thing as a player. So right now, if there is a four-day quarantine, obviously that goes past game day on Sunday. So I just hope common sense prevails here. And they, they say, listen, be in quarantine for two days and then we'll triple test you. As long as we get all negatives, you can play on Sunday. Let, let's just hope that that's how they handle it. 
Yeah, and uh, let's move on from that. Let's focus on the game itself. And let's start with the Ticats because defensively, their front four, what they were able to do against Montreal, what they were able to do in terms of limiting one of the most dangerous running backs in the league right now and William Stanback holding him to just 39 yards. I mean, if, if the defense plays like that again, they're going to be tough to beat on Sunday. Yeah, I thought Ja'Garrett Davis in the first half was just unblockable. I just – he was so disruptive. Uh, you know, Simone was doing his, his thing. I know in the stats it didn't look like a lot of tackles, but he was around the football and causing problems. And, and when, you, when you have a good first half like Ja'Garrett and that front seven had, you almost talk the coaching staff out of running the ball. You, by your actions – I think Kahari Jones in the fourth quarter, I, I went back and watched it twice, and I thought, they're not going to William Stanback in a 10-point game. He's their best player, and there's a quarter to play here. And, I, and then you think, well, the reason that happened was because the front seven in the first half shut him down enough so that Kahari Jones said, well, we can't run well, so we're going to just throw it. And that plays right into the hands of – you know, the back end and, and the Hamilton defense. That being said, the offense, even though Jeremiah Masoli was, was efficient and not turning the ball over, avoiding sacks, uh, you know, under 200 yards, did have a beautiful touchdown pass to, to Speedy B, kind of shades of, of years past. Uh, but offensively, I have a feeling the Ticats are going to have to do a little bit more than they did against Montreal against a, a tough Argos defense in Chris Jones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no question about that. You know, it was a nice throw, and it was it was Brendan Banks against um, Patrick Levels. So gotta, <laughs> we talked about that last week. Yeah, we? <laughs> you got to throw that in there a little bit. Um, but you know what? He does have to play better. And, you know, I, I look back at their series at Labor Day, the October game, and you you start to sort of put together – you know, how different the Hamilton team is right now and how different Masoli is right now compared to those series. I mean, you go back, Dane Evans played in the back-to-back in the Labor Day um, Classic and then was hurt in the second game. October 11th game where the Argos by one point beat Hamilton in that big game that was for basically first in the division, that was only the second game back for Masoli. So he has developed and is much more confident now. The weapons are back. Brandon Banks is back, as you mentioned. Um, you know, they've developed some other weapons around uh, Brandon Banks as well since that time. So, you know, I think you look back at the head-to-heads, but you also look and say the team, Hamilton, the Ticats, were at a very different place in their growth when that series happened. So... You know, I, I think they've come a lot farther than Toronto has in the last month and a half. However, you're bang on right about the assessment of Masoli in the, in the semi. He, he played well. He played efficiently. He didn't play great. He's going to have to play great on Sunday. Uh, you, you mentioned the, the four previous games. It's not too often a team will go head-to-head against an opponent five times in a season, you know, coach O had pointed out, you know, even including preseason, he doesn't think he's played a team five times in a season. How much can you take from those previous four games? How much gamesmanship goes into playing into this after what you've shown in those four games to kind of completely flip the script? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just, you, you know, there's not much, you go back and look at the tendencies and the tendencies will tell you that this is their core belief system. This is their core packages offensively and defensively. 
and on special teams. You you look and say if you're you know let's say you're Hamilton, you're looking at the Argos, you know, and those games that you've already played, and you say you know they always on those key downs, those key situations, go back to this look. You know, whether it's three receivers to one side, two the other, whatever it might be, that's what they really lean into when the game's on the line or they need a key first down. And then you say, okay, this is where the Argos may have a slight edge. And I I say that because when you have the bye week, you've got a chance to self-scout, look at your own tendencies and any sort of tells you might have. You can clean those up and then you can really sort of become, you, you know, use your imagination in the playbook because you've got that extra time, whereas Hamilton's coming off the game against Montreal, and now they've got to gear up and get ready for Toronto. So there is a bit of an advantage with that buy to self-scouting, looking at your own stuff, cleaning up any tells or, or tendencies that may be a giveaway, and then building some new stuff that Hamilton hasn't seen. And that's, that's advantage Argos. Who do you think the Ticats need to be hyper-aware of offensively, defensively, come Sunday? Is there someone on either side of the ball you feel could be an X factor for the Argos? You know, not, not really, except for that, you know, I would, I would say that first down success defensively for Hamilton, getting, getting McLeod Bethel-Thompson, we'll, we'll, we'll assume that he does play, uh, getting him in second and long situations. You know, again, I, I think this is a defining game for McLeod Bethel Thompson. I really do. I mean, he's been a journeyman his whole career. He's been a guy that has been on, I, you know, I don't even know the total. It's probably 15 teams in three different leagues in 15 years. And he's, he's been good enough to make those teams, including three or four times in the NFL, but, but not good enough to become the guy. And you, you think to yourself, well, what's happening there? Why, why is it that he's, good enough to get that starting job, and then four or five or half a season later, he's not good enough to stay on the team. And, and this is the moment. This is the moment, a playoff game in the moment. So get him in second and long, I think, is a key for Hamilton. And then see, is he going to hang in there, take hits to make those completions? Is he going to be the guy that can take this team to the next level? It's a defining moment for him. Yeah, it is his first career, like you said, with that resume, it is his first career CFL playoff start. The first Argo to make his uh, CFL debut since Cleo Lemon back in uh, 2010. So we're going back a couple of years uh, in that one. All right, that's the East. Uh, you, of course, have the West Final in Winnipeg. Should be a great one. Again, another well-rested team, this time in the Bombers, going up against a Saskatchewan team that, you know, Cody Fajardo admitted as much this week that, you know, he thought his starting job with this team was on the line after those four interceptions. But uh, Brett Lothar with a great kick, or Lothar with a great kick uh, to, to, to win it in overtime. Uh, must have been a crazy atmosphere uh, in Saskatchewan, first of all. Uh, but what are you expecting to see in the, the West final this week? Well, that was a, a very entertaining semifinal. Um, you know, some were saying sloppy in the first half offensively with all the interceptions. I was saying it was outstanding defensive back. Of course you were. <laughs> of course you were. So, Why does that not surprise me at all? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, Jonathan Moxie has three interceptions in the first half. I thought, wow, that's a, that's a dream come true for a defensive back. But 
Um, you know, it was a very entertaining game, double overtime. It's, it's really what the CFL is all about and lots of, you know, back and forth and different ways to score. Jamal Morrow had two return touchdowns, one counted, one didn't, but you know, big part of that game. So, you know, I, I look at Cody Fajardo and I think it, that game was sort of a microcosm of his season. It was a great example of how they've been playing all year long that they, they kind of scratch and claw. It doesn't really look pretty, but they find a way in the end. And that's why they got home field playing that way, scrappy football, if you want, if you will. And that's how they won in the semi. So I expect him to do a lot of that. I, I, I expect to see in this final against Winnipeg, I expect to see Cody take off and run. Sometimes the Bombers, as good as they are on defense, and they're very good, sometimes they will freelance a little bit. Jackson, Jeffcoat, uh, Adam Big Hill, and, and the, Richie Hall, their defensive coordinator, has given them the green light to do that. Say, you know, if you want to drop back and line up in the deep outside third and then come back to the box and, in, and close to the line of scrimmage, in the case of Adam Big Hill, go ahead and do that. But when you when you do, you can open a run lane for a running quarterback. So uh, that to me is is something that could help Saskatchewan. Also, if they can stay close, if they can stay within a possession and get to the third quarter, now they put pressure on the team that is expected to just blow them out. Like this is David and Goliath, and. They, if, if they can get it to a one-possession game or a three-point game going into the fourth quarter, that's when the Bombers squeeze the stick a little harder, to bring up a hockey analogy, and that's when they get a little tight. So then we really have something. If, uh, the, if, if you know, the, the, the riders can get that close going into the fourth. Well, Suits, I know one thing for sure is that the next time you and I chat, uh, it will be in person here in this uh, beauty city of Hamilton. I am much, I'm very much looking forward to regardless of who's playing. I hope it's the Ticats. But regardless of who's playing uh, next Sunday, uh, looking forward to seeing you here in Hamilton for Great Cup Week. Uh, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Anytime you know that, and I can't wait to get to the hammer. I, I'm can't wait for this great cup. My thanks to Glenn Suter for joining me today, and my thanks to you for joining me today and all this week. And oh, wait, bonus episode coming to you tomorrow. So make sure to check your podcatcher, the Tie Cats Audio Network, because uh, we will be bringing you a bonus episode of Tie Cats today uh, tomorrow, where where we will run down the depth chart. I'll let you know who's in, who's out, and we'll get some sound. Uh, from Toronto at BMO Field, where the Ticats will hold a pregame availability. So thanks for checking us out today. We are back tomorrow. And make sure to check us out on Sunday. Extended pregame coverage starting at 10.30. Bubba O'Neill, Courtney Steven bringing you Tiger Cats game day. Join Andy Fan Tuesday at 11.30 for Tiger Cats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross and Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead on the call beginning at 12.30. But we're back, same time, same place tomorrow. Thanks for checking us out on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great day. Tiger Cats Today with Louis B. Subscribe, like, and get your Tiger Cats fix every weekday.